father's table, an introspective look and conversation about our fathers and how they shaped our lives. Welcome back to the father's table where we reflect on our fathers and how that perception has changed our lives and shaped our lives. I'm your host, Keith, and I have a very special guest today. Um, I'm just going to read a little bit about him. Uh, His name's Cameron. He started a blog called The Supportive Fathers. It's an online resource uh, that basically helps young men with advice, wisdom, and guidance in fatherhood. Cameron's a father and a husband and currently is a high school counselor helping high school kids get a better outlook on their future. Cameron, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity that you extended me to come chat with your audience. Oh, no problem. I think it's really important, the role of a father. And I saw that blog uh, and I said, okay, cool. And I like, and I like that last piece you did about um, college isn't for everyone. That was like yeah. the gist of it. And then you gave some options of alternatives than, than the four, the, you know, the traditional four-year college. Uh-huh. Um, I myself find my, you know, I, I think that maybe I should have went to college. <laughs> <laughs> and I say that because I think I'm more of a trade guy. I mean, the way my brain is, uh-huh. I think if I could just like learn, if I would have like learned how to fix a car, I would have been good at it and just worked from there and see where that would have led me. But that's neither here or there. That's in the past. But uh, it's a really cool article. I encourage you guys to check it out. Um, And I'll give you some time to just plug your information. So if there's any fathers listening to this, they can go to your website. So basically at the father's table, um, I like to start off every interview with this. So. Cameron, if you could close your eyes. Okay. Take three deep breaths. And when you're done, tell me what comes to mind when you think about your father. Uh. Okay. So this will be interesting, okay? So what comes to mind about my father, um, it's a pretty loaded question just because of everything <laughs> that uh, went on in my life. So my father, he's in my life now. Um, he's, awesome. not a bad, he's not a bad person or anything like that. He went to college. At, I think he went to John Carroll University in Cleveland. Um, really smart guy. Um, actually, he's supporting my brother, like little brother who is a monster. He's he my big little brother. <laughs> um, he goes to uh, high school at St. Ed's High School up in Cleveland. It's a private Catholic school. It's like one of those football powerhouses, wrestling powerhouse. He and he's autistic, but he's like a selling at both you know both sports. Uh, so I, I you know on that hand, I can respect the fact that you know he's doing what he has to do. But as far as myself. Growing up, he wasn't. Uh, hold on one second. Oh, uh, growing up, 
uh, he wasn't in my life. Um, actually, mm-hmm. I let's see. I believe prior to my college graduation at Gannon, I had seen him twice. And one time I was like one years old. Uh, so uh, and was the other time was five days for my 13th birthday. Hmm. And so uh, in that sense, I, you know, I have to be honest um, and I'm, and he may listen to this and that's okay. I mean, I, I, it is what it is. There's nothing we can do about this in the past, but he wasn't there for me growing up. Um, I mean, now he's made the effort to come back into my life. He's a, you know, he's a grandfather to my daughter and uh, he maintains having a relationship with me. Um, But growing up, he wasn't, um, if I'm being honest, he was not there for me. So, so what comes to mind when you think about him? Is it just like nothing really, or is it like that birthday? Is is that what comes to mind, or what what comes to mind when you think about him? Uh, I guess what I think about, I just think he's a. Uh, I think he is a nice guy that didn't make the right choices. Okay. In regards to me, uh, like I said, I can't say that he's a terrible person or anything like that. And my mom never like bad mouth him, like your your dad's no good. She didn't do any of that. I don't hold Mm -hmm. any resentment either. uh, But I do. I mean, I'm gonna call a spade a spade. He wasn't around when I was younger. So I mean, all the way up until I was 22. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um. So let's go back a little bit. Okay. So take me through your relationship with your father. Now you said at an early age, he wasn't around. So if you can remember, how was your relationship with him in elementary school, like up until like middle school in uh, that non-existent. area? Non-existent. <laughs> non-existent. Non-existent. So can you give us a little background? What happened? I mean, you don't have to go too deep, but... That's Why okay. was he not there in the, was he married to your mother? He was not. So when my mom, my mom had me when she was 19 years old. Um, so she hadn't been pregnant, gotten pregnant when she was 18. And um, he was in college. He was at John Carroll. And from how I understand, uh, he asked my mom to have an abortion. My mom did not want to have an abortion. And then that was that. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it sounded like, they weren't in a close relationship at that time. I mean, maybe, I mean, it's just being transparent. I went to Delaware State University. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a historically black college. You may have heard of it. Yes. Um, when I first came there, it was dubbed as like, I would hear people say it's a party school. Uh, so if you could imagine, it's a lot of people Yes, we went to class, but we knew how to have fun. And there was a lot of free sexual exploration. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so with that being said, I was it, I mean, no disrespect, but was it your parents' relationship? Was it on that spectrum of, you know, we're in college, we're hanging out, one thing leads no. to another? No, actually, my mom and him, they... Uh, they actually, you know, the restaurant Ponderosa, they used to have them all over, but you know, there's yeah, yeah, I heard it. Yeah, I ate there a few times. <laughs> okay, so back in the day in my hometown, I'm from Ashtabula, Ohio, this small little town not too far from Cleveland. Uh, they actually dated in high school, so I think they dated 
probably, I don't want two or three years. They were together for a little while. Um, I think my mom said she was like 16 because that's, that's how, because he had a job at Ponderosa. She worked at Ponderosa. That's how they met. And then they dated all the way up into probably when she was like 18, turning 19. So they were boyfriend and girlfriend. And then, you know, it is what it is. And my mom ended up being pregnant. And then that's how that happened. Gotcha. Gotcha. So there was a split, you know, she wanted to keep the baby. He didn't. And their relationship dissolved after that. And then you were here. You started growing up. Do you remember anything about him in middle school when you were going to middle school, if you went to middle school? But I'm just thinking traditionally, people I interview, those are like the three levels. So middle school. So middle school. So um, I hadn't actually really interacted with too many people, maybe just a cousin and an aunt that happened to to live in uh, around Ashtabula because all all my father's side of the family is in Cleveland. So that's where they, that's where they're from. That's where they grew up and everything. So um, I recall, and I don't know how the conversation started, but then my mom's like, Hey, you're going to meet, you know, your family from your father's side of the family. Um, and I wanted I before I get into that, I do remember one time when I was nine years old, my neighbor was babysitting me. And uh, I remember I tell I remember he's I remember somehow he uh we got into the subject of my father and I knew his name, but I never knew what he looked like, what he sounded, they didn't even know his voice. And I remember him saying I remember telling my neighbor, like, Oh yeah, I'm just waiting for my waiting for my dad to come. <laughs> Never met the man or anything like that. I just remember that. So I, and I, and that goes back to what I said about how my mom never badmouthed him or anything like that. She never put him down or whatever. Um, but I just remember, I'm just remember that. But, uh, when I was like 12, um, cause I was about to be 13. I remember my aunts and a bunch of my cousins came up to visit me and stuff like that. So that's actually the first time I've ever formed a relationship with that side of the family. Mm-hmm. And I think I went to Cleveland a couple times. And then I remember the first time at my father. Um, Walk us through that. That is That sounds awesome. I mean, yeah. what was going through your mind at that time? The first time you met him? How old were you again? I was that was five day five days for my thirteenth birthday. So what was going through your mind when you like were going to meet your father? I I I think more or less I was like, well, I'm finally going to meet the man that you know that helped in my creation. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of my uh uh my my thought process, and I remember first he took me to where did we eat? Maybe Golden Corral or somewhere. We went to some kind of buffet. And so we were chatting and stuff. Uh, he's big into sports. He plays sports in high school and stuff. Um, I like sports too. So, uh, and then I remember he took me to the IMAX theater, and I remember seeing um, white chicks and Spider Man two at the time. <laughs> white chicks and Spider Man two. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, no. You know what? No, I let me backtrack. We saw white chicks and I Robot, and then he bought me. I remember he bought me Spider Man two on bootleg. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I might still have that DVD. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> uh, so 
you guys got some time to hang out. Um, mm-hmm. What what did you think of him when you first met him? Was he funny? Was he stern? Was he like cool? Did you do you think you look like him? Like uh, definitely. I said I always tell people he looks like me. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like me. I don't look like him. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I I mean he, it was it was a chill day. I I thought he was nice and I thought he was cool. Um, you know I'm 13, first time meeting him. Um, I mean, I didn't have a negative impression of him outside of that. Um, I do recall though, that he met, he made a promise that he would, uh, come back into my life. And I would say after that, we've had some conversations, but it was like very sporadic. Uh, I would say he lived up to that promise when I turned 22, but, Mm. um, (laughs) better late than never, huh? Yeah, that, that is very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So okay, so he made some. He made a promise, like, "Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm actually gonna be there for you." Came a little late, but he is present in your life now. So I'm guessing in high school it kind of went mute again. It just wasn't. There was nothing there. Or was it a little bit more conversations? I would say just phone calls here and there. Like I would go visit my family, but I didn't see him. Um, I don't know why. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I couldn't tell you why, honestly, but um, we, we would have conversations here and there. Um, like I said, it's very sporadic. So probably like every few months, maybe. Um, gotcha. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think. And then I remember, because I also remember meeting my, I had a cookout. I met my stepmother separately from my little brother, who a little brother was only an infant at the time um, as well. Um, that was when I was 12. And then I didn't see him again until he was like nine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so your mother ended up marrying another man. At some she, point. she did. And he stepped in as a father figure in your life. Uh, more or less, yes. I can't say more or less. Like, yes, he was uh, that male figure in my life. I, I will, and again, I'm not going to um, sugarcoat anything. Uh, he's had, he had, he's, he's never like disrespected my mom or anything like that or badmouthed my mom. But I can say that he's had his struggles. Um, growing up uh because my mom got with him when i was like six or seven and then they got married uh like a year later um and then they're not together anymore but Mm -hmm. they they remained married all the way up through a little bit uh actually i think their divorce just got granted actually just a couple Mm -hmm. months ago but uh but they were together all the way through college and a little bit, a couple of years after I graduated from college. Um, but like I said, um, he's, a uh, uh, he was, he's always, and I always maintain my relationship with him and my relationship with my mom, uh, or, or how do I want to say this? My relationship with him, it, uh, whatever happened between him and my mom does not dictate my relationship with him. Cause he's always treated my sister and myself with respect. He's never, mm-hmm. he's never like once, uh, hold on one second. Oh, sorry about that. My allergies. <laughs> no problem. Uh, uh, he's never once like 
disrespected us, abused us, or anything like that. But like I said, he's at he has his own demons um, that he has to deal with um, in regards to how that relationship with him and my mom uh, ultimately did not uh, work out. Well, it led to that. Gotcha. And, and Cameron, so when you graduated high school, uh, was your dad there when you graduated? No, he was not. Okay. But I'm sure you invited him there. Gotcha. I did. I let him know that, you know, hey, I'm graduating or come to the graduation party. Did so when he didn't so he didn't show up would 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 you did you ask him like why he didn't show up or you was there a story around it or not really I can't remember but I remember being I do remember that time being annoyed that he mm-hmm. didn't come through because it's like hey this is my high school graduation and you didn't come to the party like my aunt his mom so my grandmother and other people were there but he was not present gotcha gotcha. And you're married, so I take it that, you know, you have a deep relationship with your wife. Mm-hmm. Now, let's get into the realm of relationships. Now, um, I believe a father definitely should help, and you believe this too, according to your website, just to help guide and give wisdom to the children and things like that. Oh, um, no and especially when it comes to relationships. And I know as a, a male that's a really big part of life, you know, relationships with family, friends, and, you know, love interests. Uh, so walk me through that. Like if you dated in high school, did you reach out to your father for assistance? Uh, like, Hey, uh, like this girl, I don't think I went with, I don't think I talked to my dad too much about it. I don't know. I, I probably talked to cousins that wasn't the best advice either, but <laughs> I don't, I don't know why I didn't really like confide in my dad with relationship things, but did you talk to your father? Like about no. or reach out to him? <laughs> no. no, not at all. Uh, and I don't, and you know what? And as I think about it, I don't really remember having that really that conversation with my stepfather either. You know, he was in the house and everything. Um, um, but so no, and then I actually, I will say this. We had my uncle, he lived with us too after, uh, and I won't give this, get into the backstory of that, how right. he ended up in the house, but he was in, when he, he was in prison for 32 years and he got released from prison. So he was in the house too, growing up. Um, well, when I was in fifth grade was when he got released. Um, but I don't remember having that conversation I don't think I ever had that conversation with any of them. I mean, well, most of those conversations were with my friends. Yeah, yeah, I I could relate. I could really relate. Um, I don't know why. I I might have been too afraid to talk to him about those things. Cause I I saw my dad in such a positive light that maybe yeah. me coming to him about something like that. I don't know. Maybe make him upset. I don't know. Just, just maybe too much in my mind thinking for my father. Um, so yeah, I, I, I can relate to that. I, I didn't talk to my dad either about those things. Um, so when you did get married, I'm sure this is years later after you graduated college. Uh-huh. Um, speaking of graduation, college is another big uh, benchmark uh, yes. in your life. Did, was he was he present for that? Was it like a big thing or? How was your relationship around then? 
Um, I do recall him giving me maybe he paid my deposit for to so I could live in my dorm. And I think he did do that. He didn't come to my high school graduation, but I do recall maybe it's like a hundred fifty dollar deposit that he paid or something like that. Um, and then I remember, you know what? I think it was I. I remember having conversations with him, like I said, sporadically, my freshman and sophomore year. And I remember him and I, because I at the time. I was, you know, I, I kind of was like putting pressure on him, like, hey, you need to come see me. Uh, <laughs> uh, he was in Cleveland. I was in Erie, Pennsylvania. So it's only an hour, 45 minute drive straight down I-90. Um, it's a straight shot from Cleveland. And so, and I, I remember, uh, I think I remember him giving an excuse on why he couldn't come because I think it was my, uh, that's when they found out that my little brother had autism. Uh, well, he was on the spectrum, uh, on the spectrum, and then I think he said that whether or not he actually believed it or not, I'm not sure, um, or if it was just an excuse. But he said that he was trying to help him get used to his autism. And even though I'm a special ed major at the time, I'm like, eh, that's not something that you just get used to. It's more, it's just, <clears throat> I mean, you teach kids um, skill, life skills, and things like that, but it's not like something like. <clears throat> like you broke your leg and you're getting used to on crutches. It's nothing like that necessarily. And so I just remember that was probably the last conversation I had with him up until probably bef- right before graduation, I invited him again and he actually came. Excellent. That's cool, man. Um, that he showed up and he supported you and I'm sure that's a proud moment for you. Um, so moving on, you graduate from college um, you get a job, you're working with kids, you get married. Um, did you, how did he react when you told him your thing about getting married? Like what was his, how was your relationship around then? So I'll tell you this. So, um, when we got married, we got married a year ago, actually. Okay. Uh, We've been together for, um, five, a little little over five years. So, um, it was kind of, uh, it was more of on a whim. (laughs) Believe it oh, or not. Okay. So, cause she, my wife, she's from Erie. Uh, believe it or not, we met on Tinder. Uh, it was the only Ooh. person I ever met on Tinder. So <laughs> I, I was one for one. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. Um, but in, I, let me back up a little bit because like, this is, this is a little, this part of my life was pretty crazy. So this is back in 2018, well, 2017. So I was teaching full time at a partial hospitalization program where, we've, mm-hmm. where we specialize in trauma informed care. And I was getting my master's degree in uh, school counseling. And so then I was in the last part of my program. So I dropped down to work part time um, mm-hmm. where I was working at and then do my internship part-time so that was gonna do that for the whole school year and um then we found out that we were respecting (laughs) in september and so i remember though before that i'm like i'm not live i don't want to live in erie any longer i want to go somewhere else and so and with that in mind and then found out we're respecting and i was like okay this is gonna be a crazy year (laughs) Mm -hmm. and so then changes uh, everything Oh, for sure. Uh, <laughs> so fast forward to graduation with um, in my master's. Um, 
Because he came up to he uh so he um let's see he came to my graduation at Edinburgh because I went to Edinburgh University uh for my master's so that was May twelfth okay mm-hmm. my daughter was born May seventeenth so he came back to came back to Erie the next day um I had I think I had to go back to work because I had to make money because I had only been working part time for nine months with mm-hmm. a with a baby and and on the way and then. And then we moved to Virginia because I had already accepted a job June 30th. So mm-hmm. we moved to Virginia, moved six and a half hours away from our family with a one month old. Mm. Wow. wow. And, and so I had to give that backstory of how we got there. And gotcha. so when we, when we ended up getting married, so it was, um, and she, she, she had been talking about, Hey, I want to get married. I want to get married and stuff. And, you know, and so, our anniversary is March 29th. That was the very first day that we were officially boyfriend and girlfriend. And I remember thinking in my head, like, well, if we're really married, why don't we do it on our anniversary day? It's on a Friday. And so mm-hmm. March 26th, I'm in my living room, asked her to marry me. And then March 29th comes. Uh, we didn't really tell anyone uh, except for a couple people that was going to happen. But then the next day we went to get our marriage certificate and then that Friday we got married, and and I and just remember, he 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 congratulated me and everything. I I know that, including my mom and everyone else, they wanted to be there for that moment. But we got married, went to Erie, and went out with her sisters because her sisters, actually, her sister, uh, my wife's sisters, turned twenty one that same night on midnight. Mm-hmm. So we all went out together to celebrate their their twenty first birthday and us getting married. At the same time, oh, because, okay. because March 29th was our was our anniversary, and that's the day we got married. And their birthday, their twenty first birthday, was March thirtieth. Mm. Wow, that's <laughs> and, a lot. Oh yeah, it was. Like I said, it was. It's crazy, man. Just uh, I'm a kind of a go with the flow type of person. Whatever mm-hmm. I take life as it comes. Um, and um, and real quick too, this is a fun fact. So my wife's family. It has been in Erie for, I don't know, at least a couple hundred years, except for the ones that immigrated from like when it was Austria-Hungary, when they were an empire in Germany, because I did her genealogy. So her family's been in Erie since like the early, like literally like 1802. Well, come to find out, the county we got married, we didn't get married in the county we lived in. We lived in Culpeper County. We went over Mm -hmm. to Fauquier County uh, and we got married in Warrington. Her sixth great grandmother got married in that same county back in 1783. Had no idea she ever had family in in Virginia. Oh wow! I know it was like <laughs> I guess the stars aligned on that one, right? Hey, hey, take take it, brother. <laughs> That's cool, man. Um, so it sounds to me what I'm hearing is that you didn't tell him about the whole marriage thing until later. Then he said congratulations. And you said in the beginning that now he's trying to, you got, your relationship is better with him. Yeah. For the last seven years, I'm 29 now. So good. So it's been on like an upswing since then. Yep. What what was the changing point to where you said, you know, uh, I'm not saying you said otherwise in the previous years, but it seemed like now it's more of a constant thing. Um, opposed to before where it wasn't constant. So th- was there any event that changed to where it was just 
consistency. He's around, he's calling or you're calling and, you know, or basically a better question would be, were you upset or angry with him before? And then now there's like amends now. Um, I'm not one to hold resentment or hold a grudge. Um, I try not to because I know that grudges can destroy a person. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, I'd rather invest my energy into something positive than invest my energy into negative thoughts and negative feelings. I mean, I'm not 100% successful with that, but that's just my mindset. It's so, with that said, I, I think I remember subconsciously, I was like, well, if he doesn't come to my college graduation, then you know, I'm I'm not going to I'm not going to make another effort at all to at least extend. But he came through, uh, and he apologized quite a bit. Like, um, and then he's like, I, I I promise that I will be there for you. Uh, I promise that I'll make phone calls and everything. And um, and how much he regret. And I think probably if for him, and I suspect. Him seeing me walk across that stage at my college graduation and him not being there for the whole process leading up to that probably got to him. That'd be my mm. assumption. And so that probably was the turning point for him. Like, man, I missed out on seeing my son grow up. I missed yeah. out on, you know, whether it was a fir- first fall from riding a bike to you know, high school graduation to, uh, you know, giving me advice on things or whatever. And so <clears throat> I think for him, that probably was the uh, turning point. And like I said, I was like, at the time, my feelings towards him were neutral. It wasn't like I had, I don't try to hold resentment against anyone. I just say it is what it is. And that's that. And um, I know other people may have may harbor some ill feelings or whatever, uh, but I try to uh, my best not to do the, do that because um, I don't want to make excuses for, you know, I couldn't do this because this happened. I try not to try not to go down that path because that's a slippery slope. I mean, sometimes things are out of your control, like him not being in my life, but um but I can say you that things were not out, out of, oh oh I see what you're saying things are uh uh out of your control as far as what he does yeah okay gotcha gotcha yeah I just focus on what I can control so I focused on making sure that you know that um I did what I have to do to make sure that I can be successful and how I define success and uh and if you want to be part of that you can be part of that and he decided that he finally wanted to be part of that. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Um, you know, I think there, it, it does, you do have to build up some level of trust um, over time to, um, after someone not being there for you for the first 22 years of your life. So I, I can't pretend like, oh, like it yeah, was open arms and things like that. Um, I may not have been the most warm, but I wasn't necessarily cold towards him either. Gotcha. And just transitioning to the last part of the interview, um, and what I'm just hearing, fascinating story, but it also sounds like the blog, in a way, is your story. Um, 
of helping young men that like probably don't have a father around to avoid some of the things that you went through. Not, I mean, I'm not saying, I don't know what you went through as far as you personally, like Mm -hmm. it doesn't sound like you were a big troublemaker, but I will say this. Sometimes when people talk about, you know, fatherless homes, I'm sure you read these stats of, you know, 60% of kids are like this with that. that, And and that's fine. I, I believe those stats are true. But I think there's also an element of emotional stress as well. Um, mm-hmm. So you could, you know, in your case, you could go to college, get degrees and do all these things in the world to see that as, oh, that's successful. But I think there's some internal things that's like, well, just because I have a degree, there's so, still some things that I need refinement in. And I think maybe a father is there to help put those things in order. Would you Would you agree to that? I would. Um, I actually, I was going to, at some point, bring up some of the stats that you tweeted out because I've seen those similar stats. And I mean, that was a big reason why the motivation behind supportive fathers. And I actually, I want to extend this even further. So for myself and um, in my family line on my maternal family side, uh, whether it was through death or like my father not being around. I'll be the, at least as far as I know, I'll be the first father to see their child grow up potentially all the way up until she, you know, she's an adult in five generations. Wow. Wow. Uh, Like my great grandmother, her her father died um, Hmm. when she was real young and actually her mom died. She was born in 1929. I think her mom died when she was like, well, 14 years old. So she had ended up losing both of her parents. Um, and so, but yeah, first in five generations, even like for my sister, um, their father, she has two, two kids and their father actually hung himself in front of my sister. Um, oh. back in 2017. Wow. Uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, and he, and the unfortunate thing, and I'm going to parallel this to what you were saying as far as like fatherless homes and things like that. I know that he's from Cleveland. He's from East Cleveland. He's from the hood. Um, and uh, as far as I know, both of his parents were drug addicts. Um, and he, and I know that, that he carried that burden of he didn't have his parents and his father to, you know, to lean on. Uh, Fortunately, I have my mother, but he didn't have either one. And I know for a fact from conversations with my sister and things like that, that ultimately did play a part in him wanting to commit suicide. He didn't, uh, I think he just smoked weed, but as far as like other drugs and things like that, he didn't have those outlets Right, right. Uh, but his outlet, he felt, was um, self-harm, and he ended up, uh, and my sister returned the corner, and boom, he dropped right off of the wheelbarrow, oh, and, and he ended up being a vegetable for a couple months. But yeah, um, but back to what you were saying about fatherless homes, and we can quote statistics, you know, fa- kids across all demographics. It doesn't matter just black, but right, like right. white, uh you can say Native American, Hispanic, whatever. Um, statistics does show a trend that 
kids that come from fatherless homes tend to be in prison more often, tend to drop out of high school more often, do it, be addicted to drugs more often or whatever. And I think, and I suspect a lot of that is when we talk about, when you said about, um, I can't remember is that word you said about as far as like our emotions and managing oh, like, that. Yeah. Internal, there's an internal work there that, that, that you probably can't get in stats and, and that's why I wanted to do the, the podcast, but just so people could tell their stories, whether good or bad, there's there's something there with that relationship. And, you know, I was just saying, I'll let you go. It's just, you can look at a case like yours and say, well, he turned out okay, but it's like, well, how would you define okay? You know, he, he has a right. job, he got a degree, that's great. But maybe Cameron has an anger problem. I, I don't know, I'm not saying you do, but I, I, I don't know. You know, but this is stuff that's probably overlooked because they have a nice job or something like that. So that was just what I was getting at. Right, it, and you, you know, honestly, I, I do believe that you're you, you're hitting something and bringing awareness to a problem that's there, um, because there's literature out there about the importance of um, of making sure that fathers are in house. And actually, I think I remember in my very first blog post, it was the importance of fathers dating their child their daughter and mm-hmm. i requote it and this is a you know as people talk about i think she might have i don't know if she, i think she was just talking about across all demographics but this white lady even wrote wrote a whole novel on the importance of that and that novel or that book is considered a textbook at a lot of universities there's a reason why that um that there's literature about the importance of fathers and um and the fact what's the that, name of that I'm sorry, what's the name of that lady? I might uh, I might let me go. find it real quick for you. Um I'll find that for you while I'm talking. Uh but th- um nonetheless, um there's a reason why there's literature out there about it because it I know that and I want to help change that narrative that fathers just take a backseat to the mothers and we're just there just to uh, we're just a face. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so much more to to that. It, it Fathers have a very important role. And I think that if the males are just like replaced, it, it could cause all sorts of damage, which you see, but it's not really talked about. It's it's like, oh, we need to address the drugs on the street. And it's like, well, let's peel back the problem a little bit more. Why are these kids right. using drugs? Why are, you know, because the fathers show a lot, like, for instance, I have a son. I try to show him and model him what respect looks like, what authority looks like, what different things look like. Because if I let him have his way in this house, <laughs> he'd probably rip it, like, just burn it down you know not not because he's you know bad kid but he just you know wants to explore so many things and i know sometimes it could be a little bit overwhelming for my wife so it's like there's a good team there um in place that that is is, it's just you know it's it's awesome right uh, yeah. Well, fortunately for your son, he'll have you. Those kids that don't, I, I think what I was going towards when we talk about people like looking for other outlets so it, and other people to connect with. So instead of being able to connect with their fathers, whether it's a son or a daughter, uh, they might seek other alternatives. So that's why a lot of people, if you look um, at gang culture, for example, a lot of those kids didn't have their fathers, so they look towards themselves and then 
Uh, and then when you get into the whole um, the whole theory of groupthink and things like that, you know, people want to, and then you see those kids doing things they shouldn't be doing because they want to look cool. And then that all that is just reinforced when that could have been, if they had their father in their life to help deter some of those behaviors or talk about some of the emotional turmoil that they have or whatever stress, they wouldn't seek out each other and try to parent each other. But, you know, kids being kids, they can't parent each other. Oh, they can't. Um, <laughs> or you you have, you know, a young lady who might seek relationships uh, through men or whatever to validate her self-esteem. Um, mm-hmm. Again, I'm not saying that's universal or anything like that, but we tend to see that happen more um, with both boys and girls growing up in fatherless homes. And by the way, that lady, her... Um, her name is Linda Nielsen. And so I'm going to go to the link right now. Uh, her book is called Father-Daughter Relationships. But, I mean, it, I do believe it will extend to uh, sons as well. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, man, thanks for, for giving us that resource. Um, just to wind it down, is it's, uh, just w- one more question. Um, what is your hope and desire for the blog, your, your blog? My hope and desire, I have some really long-term goals. Um, you know, if I like, if I end up getting big or anything like that, I could like start scholarships and things like that, but that's way down the line. But ultimately my goal is, is to, um, this create a resource for men and even women can benefit from this too. It's not just exclusive. I'm not saying exclusively towards men, but that's my focus. Uh, but just have like a catch all. Um, I don't know if you saw, like I have, if it's something I've never experienced, I'll find someone to write about it. So I don't know if you saw, I had a guy named Jeff write a post for me about losing his child in the first father's day he's ever had to experience. Mm. Uh, Cause his, uh, his daughter died within five hours of, being born and those are things that men don't talk about and i i can't imagine how that you know how badly that hurts but he actually turned that into a positive and he created a whole resource um a whole uh organization that supports women with and men through tough pregnancies and or like if the if your child is stillborn and things like that and so i want to put, put out resources not just your cookie cutter, we should be great fathers type right. of resources. <laughs> I, right. I, I, I tend to, I, I intend to actually have some real things out there that we, that we go through, but again, we don't talk about. And, and especially if you didn't have a father in your life, you, you know, you may not be able to have someone to talk about, but at least if you come across, you know, maybe I might have something for you um, that can help you get through your day. Someone it's, and someone else that experienced what you're going through and and that and the fact that they were still able to whether they turned it into a positive or they were able to get through it over time so that's like my goal with supportive fathers oh man excellent excellent and one last thing is there anything uh, i want to say thank you for coming on uh the, the father's table um i'm excited to release this 
uh, to the public and just get the word out there. Is there any last uh, plug you want to make for the supportive fathers before we go? All right. So you can find me at supportedfathers.com. Um, you can look us up on all our social media platforms. So you can go on YouTube and Facebook, Supportive Fathers, because um, I'll, I'll do weekly self-reflections and other things. Um, I have a couple projects coming up with different videos I'm in the future. Uh, Twitter, at, at S-U-P-P-S-U-P-Fathers. And then you can look us up on Instagram at supportive fathers and uh that's what that's how you can uh get a hold of us and i encourage everyone to subscribe to the blog follow us uh you know i this is just the beginning of the ride and i'm excited to see where it takes us the father's table an introspective look and conversation about our fathers and how they shaped our lives 